Blog Talk Radio. Hey kids, it's kind of like a reproduction of myself, only it's really me all over again. Just when you thought you didn't have enough fun this last hour with Miss Courtney Rashawn, which was, by the way, incredibly lovely. Thank you so much to Waste Levy PR for giving me such a lovely compliment about the radio show. I appreciate that very much. Today, very nervous to be hosting this gal. Let me tell you why. I've met her. I've seen her power, and I know what she's capable of. And she does a lot of horror stuff. And frankly, I was looking at her pictures today. She kind of freaks me out. Her name is Victoria Stevens. She is absolutely lovely. She is a dancer. She's an actor. She's a model. She's a mom. She's about 800 things. And she's calling me, so I don't want to leave her on hold for too long. So without further ado, let's get Victoria on the line and start our interview. Is this Victoria? (laughs) Yes, it is. How are you? Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited and so nervous. I'm really nervous right now. I'm, like, totally nervous. I'm totally nervous. I was just telling our listening audience. I'm telling you right now. I was telling everybody right off the bat. I'm like, the chick scares me. Let me tell you why. I was on Facebook today. You go on Victoria's Mm -hmm. Facebook page. I have small children. Okay, my nine-year-old looked at you in the last role you did, and he's like, Mom, that's gross. And he's like, when she's on the radio, tell her it's gross for kids to see that. <laughs> so I'm like, you're like, poor, honey. It's okay. You, like, totally freaked my child out. He's probably going to be therapeutic for God oh knows how God. long because of Victoria Stevens. Thanks a lot. Oh, um, my gosh. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I was, like, researching you. So I'm, like, on Facebook, and I'm looking, and he's, like, drinking his hot chocolate, and he's, like, ew, why does she do that? And I'm, like, but, honey, that's her job. And he's, like, but it's gross. And I'm, like, okay, I'll tell her. So you have a gross job, according to my kids. Um, but you love what you do. I've seen you do what you do. And I'm oh, so yes. excited. I have news I, and surprises I, today. <gasps> oh, it's oh going to be exciting. I can't stand it. Um, so – we're going to go all over the map with you today. The first thing I want to talk about, though, is extremely serious. Listen to this, kids. Okay. She used to work for Walt Disney World Resort. I got amazingly excited. I'm like, we have to talk about Walt Disney. What's going on with the Walt Disney? What? What were you doing there? Uh, it was wonderful. I was actually a bellhop at Tower of Terror. So okay. I got to basically get paid to creep people out. <laughs> okay. Um, so I operated the ride. I also worked for Beauty and the Beast, and I also worked for okay. Fantasmic. Oh, my God. Look at that. Now, how did you score a gig like that? They just, did you, is that something you wanted to do, or they found you, or what happened? Well, I did audition for a princess role, um, and because I'm too tall for princesses, so I, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. see that, which is fine. Okay. Um, and they said, well, okay. why won't you try for the Disney program? And I said, sure. So before I left college, <laughs> I did the busy program just as a like just as a fun thing because I was already graduating anyway, and then right. because of that they loved me so much that they said, well, why don't you become seasonal? And so I did the uh, Disney College program into seasonal. So I would go back and forth, and I would work up here in Jersey, and then I would go down to Florida, and then I come back up again. So oh my wonderful. Well, oh the my funny goodness. the funny thing is I had I had, at that point worked at Wawa as well. I had one guest come in and say, you know, it's so scary. He said, there's somebody who looks just like you down in Florida. And I looked at him and I said, no, that actually was me. <laughs> <laughs> How funny yeah. is that? Oh, my God. That was wonderful. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. Now, okay, because I, I thought about that and I said to myself, it wouldn't surprise me at all. Is that something like a return gig that you might go back to? Because it almost sounds like you're not done with that. You know what I mean? Like you had such yep. a great time. Right. Love to do it again. I. I enjoyed it so much. I definitely will go back. I don't know the brain because I'm I'm really striving for TV shows here and um and feature films. But when okay. I do have a slower down time, then yeah, I probably would go back. Um, it, okay. At first, I thought it would ruin the magic, but it just enhances the magic of the whole Disney World um, experience. So I enjoyed it very okay. much. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely awesome. Now, you know, I noticed something. One of the similarities that Victoria and I have in common, one of many I might add, is the fact that you seem to have a huge affinity. Like, I have a huge affinity for New York City. So anybody who follows me knows that I will go there at the drop of a hat. I'm coming there tomorrow, as a matter of fact. Um, I, I just love it. The city, the culture, the people. I have a second family there. It's absolutely amazing to me. You seem to have that same sort of love life or love uh, connection, rather, with L.A. So I wanted to ask about that because I know you yeah. go back and forth between L.A. and New York. I didn't know if you had an affinity for it just because of the acting opportunities or, or what, what's the connection that keeps you so grounded between both places? I think we keep, I mean, definitely the acting opportunities keeps me from going, like, to moving out there because I still want to keep okay. my connections here in New York. Sure. But sure. the atmosphere is so much different over in L.A. than it is in New York. 
is a bigger okay. grinding atmosphere in New York than over in LA. Everyone's very much, you know, they're they're just chill, I guess you could say. Um, right. People are very much of enjoying. I, I mean, it's so funny because I always say when I was over in LA, it's, I enjoyed Starbucks coffee. <laughs> like I was like, how can you enjoy that when you had it? And then over, in, you know, in New York, you're like just racing to grab a little fast and go, you know. So it was really sure. funny because I, I enjoyed just sitting and talking to people when I was in LA. In New York, you have that, you know, time frame that you're always on. Um, oh, God, yeah. That was the difference. Oh, my goodness, it was so different. But then, you know, I always say, if you could survive in New York, you could survive anywhere. So I know, right? Okay, see, now, I thought it was crazy because I'm not a native New Yorker. I'm going to move there in, like, eight years or so. And every time I go there, even when I plan everything out, and I think, okay, well, it's going to be nice and more relaxed and comfortable because I, I have a plan. Oh, my God, hell no. You get there, it's subway to train to this to this, and you're running. You uh-huh. know this, you're running from point A to point B to point C. It can get a little maddening. Yeah. I mean, it's exciting, but it's maddening. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, my gosh, yeah. Well, it's, it's crazy because there was one time that I went up to New York without any agenda, and I felt, I felt like I didn't know what to do. I was like, wait a second, what am I doing up here? <laughs> uh, no, I know I was confusing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is like, and it's so true, though, and it is. And I'll tell you, yeah. that kind of leads us a segue into the next question I have for you because you had made a comment. You had actually had said how much, and you've said it on a number of times, that you love the actor's life. So because most people that are on my show are either actors or whatever, you're used to that life. So my listeners aren't necessarily. So when you're referring to the actor's life, give them a little glimpse into that, meaning, you know, some people will say actors, you know, they love their craft, but the work, the business end of it sucks. You know what I mean? Because I don't think people realize Mm -hmm. how many casting calls you have to go to, how much rejection you have to live through. So talk a little bit about the good and the bad side, especially to those that might want to be pursuing a career in acting someday? Sure. Well, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll work on the good side first. Um, okay. For instance, the, the day I came back from L.A., I had my boyfriend pick me up from the airport. We raced home to get my, my makeup and um, some costuming, and I raced all the way to New York City to shoot um, a TV pilot. And okay. so at that point, I could tell I could be in three states in one day, and have acting on both sides of the coast. That's the best part of being an actress. You get to do a lot of things. You're traveling, you're exploring, you have different characters and different relationships to portray. And, like, I feel like it's just you never know what you're going to do that day, you know? And it's always at the spur of the moment sometimes. Um, so you're always going to be on your, your feet because you never know where you're going to fly to or where you're going to go to. Right. So that's the, the positive right. end of things. The negative end okay. of things is you're, as, as a, actress you're going to have ups and downs you're going to have like those times where you're like oh my gosh I can never get any acting roles and then you're going to have those other right. times that you're constantly busy and you don't know what to do with yourself because you're so busy and you don't know how, which, which lines go to which film and, and I have like, right. like eight scripts in my head and you're like wait which one am I doing right now you know like, who, who am I doing right now um, right. so that does get a little challenging another time is when it is slow you have to learn like what what you could do to make things, like, you know, with keeping with your connections and going to classes and, and keeping yourself motivated and, and upbeat for the times when those films and projects are going to be coming your way. Um, you, there's, no, gotcha. there's no downtime as an actor. Even though it feels down, there's no downtime. You have to constantly be marketing, constantly be networking, constantly be out there showing sure. your craft, and even sometimes creating your own so people can see who you are and what you can bring to the project. Because um, if, if you don't tell people and if you don't show people, then they're not going to know. And they're not going to think about, oh, maybe I should give this woman a try. I don't know who she is, but I'll try. You know, they're not going to be like right. that. You have to show them. Exactly. And I, and I do know that some of the individuals that have come on my show before have specifically stated that it is so vitally or crucially important for each individual actor or actress to set themselves apart in some way, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, etc. One of the things that I found really interesting about your profile is, is that it clearly states that you can actually cry on cue. Is that ser- you can like seriously cry on cue? How do you do that? Yeah, I always say that that's the bad thing about dating me because I can always per- <laughs> I can always cry on cue when I need something. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I say that a lot. <laughs> But yeah, well, I, I have created the craft of being able to bring the tears up when I need to. Um, okay. It's that emotional recall, it's called. And basically, okay. you're, you're, you've, I've already prepped the emotion to, to big, like, bring it up when I need it. 
Um, okay. it, it, it's a practice. You have to practice it. But once you get it up to par, you always have that in, like, your toolbox to make sure that you right. have it on cue. Um, there's many times where I have cried and needed to for projects. Um, but then also, once I cry for the purpose of actually feeling the character crying, that, that's the target. Um, not sure. actually forcing myself to cry, but actually feel it as, like, oh, my gosh. I should be, like, this character's crying. I'm crying. Like, this is crazy. We're connected, you know, and that's the best part. Um, sure. I love that connection. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is absolutely awesome because I said that to myself. I'm like, how does a person train themselves to be able to do that? But, of course, that's all part of the craft, obviously. It goes without saying. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we had just had a conversation about myself and actually another director not so long ago, so I'm always curious to get an actor's input on this. There are some actors on one side of the fence that, that praise and hail independent film as saying this is the new up and coming. I know that you're heavily involved in the independent film side of things. So my question to you is, is do you feel that Hollywood has become, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, not saturated necessarily, but just so commercialized and so big budgeted and so it almost is impossible for the average actor to break into big mainstream Hollywood anyway nowadays it seems as though the going trend is everybody does independent films doing their own projects talk to us a little bit about your opinion your thoughts on that um I think for independent films the tv pilots I actually think it's actually good to get involved in them because you never know what the network thinks is going to be good for the tv or what the network you know with uh different films are going to be good to you know put out there in the movie theaters and I have two pilots right now that are independent, but they had so many good concepts, like a thought that they didn't, like nobody had thought about, that right. I think they could easily be picked up. And then they're already right. then turned into mainstream. So I guess what I would say is like you never know what's going to be turned into mainstream and what's not. So you never know, right. you know, I would pick out projects that I think like I enjoy the character or I think that the, the casting or the director has potential to create these connections that will help lead to the mainstream. Um, so I, I don't think, and I think every actor could become mainstream. It's just uh, the right time, the right project, sure. and, and the right person to see it. You gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Now, um, to all of us, well, all of us who know her, I should say, one of the big priorities on Victoria's list, of course, is to get the lead role in terms of actual in a horror film or horror production. First off, I found this cute little thing. Here's Victoria on her page, and she's saying something to the effect of, do you know what the scariest part about this was while being on set today is that all these people are getting shot, et cetera, et cetera, says the woman who is on a horror film set 90% of the time. I just found that so funny. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, my gosh. So tell me. How often does the horror queen herself actually get scared when she's on set? Because I, I would assume, I mean, I'd be petrified to be going on these sets, man. And I'm just saying, I can barely make it through a horror movie. I mean, and I've seen some of the productions you've been in, and I'm like, how do you stand there and shoot all day? I mean, don't you ever get freaked out? Um, yes. I mean, I actually create, I actually uh, worked for Terror Behind the Walls, which is a haunted prison that they have in Philadelphia. And okay. We haunted the prison. It's a Halloween thing. But I feel that there really are ghosts there. Um, things happen there that are unexplained, uh, like Ooh. lights coming off. You know, you feel a, a shiver down your spine. So those kinds right. of environments, we can get a little creepy out, like, okay, I'm not going anywhere in there. I'm going to act from this <laughs> side, you know. Um, so for the wide entertainment, yeah, I, I feel like there's different parts where they put you in. Whereas, yeah, there, sure. could, be, there could be a different – an, an afterlife that we don't know about is a gift. Um, but for sure. horror films, uh, there's, I mean, I think there's a couple of horror films that you could get, you could get wrapped around in the story. Because once you're right. finally really believe that you're the character, that's when your whole being takes over. So if they actually do a really good job of making the set look believable, then you can get lost in your character, and that way your character's feeling exactly what you're feeling, creeped out. Okay. Um, and that, I think that's where, the, once you make that connection with your character, then, yeah, anything could freak you out. <laughs> oh, sure. I can imagine so, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed about your work, and this is just a personal observation, but I'm guessing you've probably heard this before, is the level of intensity by which you delve into something. I mean, you're not... Uh, in my opinion, or not the actress that just walks in and kind of fills things out a little bit. I mean, she goes literally from like, 
I'm sitting right here and I'm very calm and sweet, Victoria, too. I'm badass. Don't mess with me. Look at that look in my eyes. I'll kill you in 30 seconds sort of thing. You have a high level of intensity. <laughs> so is that something as an actor that you prepare for or are you just are you able to just switch into character automatically and can you jump out of character just as quickly? Um, for different characters where intensity lies, like anger or something, that I actually have worked very hard on. So I could jump okay. in and out of character. Um, if, if the character is um, shy or, or uneasy, that will work a little bit harder because that's a different emotion you don't really like to show a lot. So you're actually mm-hmm. trying to really understand when, when you actually feel that as a person, what, what is bringing that on. So anger is right. just an easier, it's always a cover-up. For any emotion that, that you're feeling, anger comes out first. You know, if you're sad, if you're hurt and stuff, anger will show first before you actually feel the other emotion. So anger in itself is easier to come in and out of. Um, and that depends on the different other emotions, how well you prep it and how well you know your character in order to, to bring out the different layers. Because each character is not just one layer. You have many layers to a character and what they're feeling. Right. Uh, and that's right. why, you know, anger is the easier one to portray. <laughs> Uh, no, I totally, I totally get it. Well, and that's just it because the interesting part is, of course, you had already prefaced your boyfriend. Um, to those that don't know, she obviously mm-hmm. has, you have a child as well, your mom. And so I'm just curious mm-hmm. about that because I'm like, she can't just go shooting and then go home and then her little boy's like, oh my God, I'm freaking out because my mom's all, you know, bad and, or evil <laughs> or in that mode where she's like, yeah, I just killed someone. Hi, honey, I love you. You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> kind of like, you know how it is with the kids and stuff like that. Now, does yeah. your son... Because he's younger, does he have an appreciation or an understanding of what mommy actually does? Because I suppose for him, this is hard to grasp. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm I'm one of those outgoing mothers. So when I'm done a horror set, sometimes I'll keep the makeup on and come home and <gasps> knock on the door. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, oh my god! You were horrible. So I did that. I show that gap, and he freaks out. But then when I take the makeup off, he sees the other side. So he knows it's makeup. Um, but I do do that scary. It's just, he's funny with it. Now he, he expects it, like, oh, what's, what's mom going to do now, you know? Um, so I, I do show some of my, my, I bring home my job sometimes just to show him the difference. Um, I probably okay. don't show him my films I'm in because it's too much for him at that point. But if he wants to get older and see them, well, you know, we'll, we'll get there when, when he gets older. But um, Right, yeah. that's, that's kind of what I thought, of course, obviously. And, of course, because his mom yeah. does what she does, now is he showing, does he have a creative side to him, or is he kind of just kind of oh, pulling things out because I know he's little? Believe it or not, he actually has a dancing side to him. Uh, it's oh, my I God. Did, I did Zumba through my whole pregnancy. So he knows, okay. like, in, you know, when he was, he was moving around in my stomach, you know, so I knew he was into the dancing room. Now he just, he's all over the place. I was like, oh, great, I got a dancer now. <laughs> oh, my and gosh, that's so that. cute. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah and I was going to ask you. Oh, yeah. sorry, go ahead, dear. No, go ahead. I said, believe it or not, my, my son's already been in one film, and he's already done a documentary. Oh, my God. Eating, my agent asked me if they would be able to use Benji. He was one week old. I said, sure. <laughs> I, I'm certain oh. he's okay with that. So, yeah, so he was a baby in a, in a feature film. And then he, uh, I had a documentary that I did um, about pregnancy and medication. And, and okay. you, have, you know, sometimes like when you're in depression mode and you can't take meds, what happens is, um, and so the whole documentary was that. And then they came back. It was a Maryland uh, production. And then they came back and reshot Benji was in that as well. <laughs> oh my god that's yeah. so sweet and you know and it's so it's weird too how i've noticed that because you know obviously i'm a professional writer and so my son um has written himself a book etc it's funny how sometimes we rub off on them without trying to rub off on them you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we try to influence them to a certain point so, but that is absolutely really cool now to those of you who don't know of course victoria herself is actually uh a dancer too as well. So I'd like you to talk a little bit about your experiences in terms of um, what sorts of professional roles you've had dancing wise. And is that rating high, as high in the list as uh, actor, actor? I'm okay. I cannot talk. Actor, <laughs> is it as high up on the list as acting is for you? Um, well, dancing for me is more of um, a passion, something I wanted to do as a, a little girl. And believe it or not, I started dancing when I was 18. Because of my acting, oh my I'm really good at memorizing. So they were like, wow, okay. you're great at choreography. I was like, yeah, I just memorized what you guys are doing. I don't know if I'm doing it properly, but I memorized it. Uh, so <sighs> I, I, 
I do dance because of the fact that I, it was easy for me to look at what they're doing and, and like, mimic. But, you know, so I'm, oh, nice. I'm not going to say that I could dance, like, right off the bat. I mean, I do hip-hop, salsa, belly dancing, and uh, pole dancing. And the good thing is the pole dancing actually led for two roles. And so I was a pole dancer in two feature films. And it was okay. good because it, it, it purposely put me in that role because I was the only one who could possibly do it. Um, okay. So that actually worked out very well, and, and it led me to other roles down the line. So dancing does have a benefit because it, it starts narrowing down your acting field quite a bit when you okay. have multiple talents. Like I did sure. Glee because I was an ice skater, and they needed some feature ice skaters, so then that's how I did Glee. Right. So, okay. you know, you never know what talent leads you to a bigger role. Um, and so that I can't keep on adding more talents to my toolbox. <laughs> nice. And and she has an extensive toolbox, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, because we'll continue talking about all that good stuff. And I'm a huge <laughs> fan of you now because you belly dance and I can't because I'm fat and I've had children, so that's okay. Uh, and I also see that um, you can do the whole pole dancing thing, so I'm sure your boyfriend's happy about that. Did I just say that? Yeah. But I'm sure it's probably a nice bonus. <laughs> Okay, so explain this to me. There's such a thing called booty. I can't even pronounce it. B-A-R-E. What the heck is that all about? I'm like, she can booty whatever. I'm like, what's booty whatever? What is What, what are we talking about here? What's happening yeah, with that? Yeah, booty bar. Um, okay, booty, booty bar. Booty bar is an, an exercising uh, class. I would call it, it's, it's like ballet. Um, okay. But you're, you're basically at the bar and you're doing different stretches and uh, okay. different, um, to, to help with your flexibility. So it's a okay. whole flexibility class. Um, so it, it's very crazy because it's like, you know, putting your, your leg o- over your head and, you know, things that you never think you would do. But it's a whole lot of strengthening of different muscles you're not used to using. Uh, gotcha. Especially in your legs. There's so many muscles there. And you're like, oh, that one hurts. What's going on? You don't use it because uh, the other sure. muscles compensate it. So booty guard is all about strengthening different kind of muscles that you're not used to using. Ah, well, look at that. This We're getting mm-hmm. an education, folks. Apparently, booty bar today. Um, we also know, because I pay attention, that you reprised your role as Hannah the Quaker in the 4th of July parade. How'd you get hooked up with that? Yeah. She actually played a Quaker, folks. She dresses up. She gets in the parade. She's all down with that. What up with that? How did that happen? I Believe it or not, you never know who you're going to meet on set and then whoever you're going to date while you're on set. Um, I met my boyfriend, believe it or not, on a set. At, um, it's called... Um, Oh, William Penn Manor, and what it is is it's all about where William Penn used to live, and my okay. boyfriend plays William Penn, and he's been doing it for many, many years, and believe it or not, they're like, wait, we need Hannah Penn for the parade, and my boyfriend's like, well, my girlfriend could do it, and believe it or not, Hannah and William were both, we are the exact age that they would have gotten married, because of the age difference, Hannah was way younger than William, and so we okay. actually played very well. <laughs> So it, it, it was great fun. Oh, I imagine so. And you look so cute like that. It, you almost look like an Amish person, but I'm sure you've heard that before. And she does. You look so <laughs> cute in that sort of character. That's another thing that I like about you so much is the divi- the diversity. You know, you can go on stage and then all of a sudden you're playing, you know, this zombie or you're doing this Amish hunting or haunting movie, and then all of a sudden she's turning mm-hmm. around, she's doing this. So diversity is very important, but you obviously already know that. One of the things that I mm-hmm. found out about you is, um, and I don't know if you daily meditate, but I know that a lot of the performers that I talk to and people that I know in general have said that meditation can be used as quite the tool in terms of getting in tune with yourself, because oftentimes as an actor or actress, that's, that's key, I'm thinking, or fundamentally important. You know, who if you have a better understanding of you, you can have a better understanding of your craft and, and perform better. So talk to us a little bit about how uh, meditation, how you get into that, and more so how it plays a part in your life professionally and personally. Yeah, definitely. Meditation is more of keeping a balance. Um, what, what, for our industry, it's, everything's not, you know, set in stone. Everything's all over the place. You know, you don't know what you're going to do from day to day. You don't know when the next paycheck's coming in or anything like that. Right. So, Meditation keeps you balanced and focused and, and stabilized, you know, keeping your feet on the floor kind of feel. And for mm-hmm. me, meditation helps me just keep myself centered on my objective, like what I really want and my goal, and just keep focusing in that direction. Because um, once you start right. losing focus of your goal, that's when you start losing, like, you know, you're a little bit off balance on where you want to go in life. Um, and mm-hmm. that's meditation does to keep you on that straight and narrow path to focus on where where you really want to go and not like get too off course. (laughs) 
Right. Of course. And especially that is fundamentally because like we were talking about, your business has a lot of rejection. It's got a lot of competition, as I call it, the drama den, so to speak. And I hate to say it like that, but it's true. It's a lot of drama den within drama, so to speak. You know what I mean? So it's obviously very important to stay grounded there. Um, I did want to make mention of this because I don't know if it's still going on or not, but talk to me about the Bon Bon It Girl competition because, yes, that's right. Victoria is trying to become a Bon Bon It Girl. Or have we missed out on that opportunity to help you out? Oh, no, well, they did pick up the hostess, which is good, Ah, Um, but I am helping with the the crew itself, Um, so basically, um, she's been putting me on a couple of marketing um, things, you know, I had a a different uh, radio interview and a couple of TV shows coming up, and the good thing is, like, she has so many opportunities coming up, you know, I I could see myself hosting, but I've already done it, you know, before, Um, but that definitely is not my goal. I just wanted to make sure that I was on the straight now with her, you know, because I know she has so many projects that ah, she will be gotcha. looking for more people for. Yeah. I <laughs> gotcha. Okay. So now I get it. Yeah. Cause like I said, you know, cause we're looking to promote all sorts of different things and I thought, Oh, look at that. She wants to do the whole Bon Bon thing, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Oh yeah. All right. <laughs> now, um, turning gears a little bit, because I know uh, from an educational standpoint, I know that you had attended Rowan university and I know that you've spent a lot of time at the actor's green room in terms of improving on yourself and your craft. Um, there's a number and numerous amounts of different um, acting classes that I know are out there. Well, for one, on a side note, I just was curious. Have you ever taken our mutual friend John Gallagher's um, classes? Because I know he's done classes before, and I hear good things about them. Believe it or not, I took classes with John um, through Lisa Regina. She's my coach, and she brought John into her class to see us in our scenes. And so that's how I met John, and we connected through Ah. her. So he ah. has seen me act before, yeah. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Yeah, because yeah. I thought it's like we're all 60s. Honestly, I always feel like all of us are like six degrees of separation that are connected by John Gallagher because he just seems like the key. You know what I mean? Like he's in the middle. Yeah. Then you've got all these actors, directors, producers, of course, that kind of good stuff. Tell me what you have derived out of Actors Green Room, per se, versus some of the other educational tools or wheels that you've utilized before what what is most beneficial in your opinion about going there versus other places to improve upon um, yourself places that i enjoy the actress green room i started with um with jen rudolph mm-hmm. and right. she she was a big help because i did one-on-one with her and she she basically helped me figure out what my type was and who i was where I, she could see me in the whole scheme of acting um, I'm a very comedic actress, so okay. that's where she said, you're going to break in with comedy. I don't know why you're doing drama, breaking with comedy, you know? So it's like sure. drama, you have to, for me, I have to force myself a little bit. Comedy comes naturally. So therefore, you have oh. to go with your strength. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got so you. So I think Actors Green Room helped me see that. I think it really helped me start narrowing down and really giving me a focused direction. Like, you can take all the classes you want in the world, but if you don't see your, right. your like, homework, and know which person you need to meet in order to make up to the next level kind of feel, then you're just meeting all these people and not making any real relationships. Um, so therefore, mm. I, she taught me how to really narrow down who is comedy, who's going to be closer into what I need, and um, start targeting the right people and not just everybody. <laughs> Definitely. No, I, I agree 150%. And, you know, I hear oftentimes, too, what I find ironic about your statement is I would have never guessed, I would have never pegged you to even do comedy ever. I mean, and, <laughs> and certainly, and that's a, that is a testament. Hopefully you'll take that as a good thing and not a bad thing that I, I just, everything I've seen you and you're so very good in the horror genre. You're just so very good with the serious characters. So for me trying to picture you on the flip side, it's just too funny. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't even imagine that. Um, have you done a stint with improv or some of these other things to try to practice out your comedy? Yes. Yeah, I have done oh. a couple of improv classes. Um, okay. I have focused on a lot because I did the Renaissance Fair, uh, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's um, I don't know if you know what the Renaissance Fair is. Right. Oh my God! Uh, I was gonna. It's on my list to ask you. You did the oh, New Jersey okay. Renaissance Fair. I worked the Renaissance <laughs> Fair once too, so I know exactly what oh, it is. So okay. go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So in the nutshell, I did it for two years, and for them, the whole like the lessons you learn while you're doing that is all improv. Because you're constantly okay. just off the fly of your head interacting with everybody else. So, therefore, we did many, many, many uh, practices with improv. 
and okay. it helped me like build that self confidence. And it's crazy. Some of the films that I'm in, a lot of them like to say, okay, throw off the script and just do it the way you would do it. And mm-hmm. most of the time, they will take my improv over their script. So that's a, oh my god. Holy mackerel, look at that. Yeah. I mean, once you connect with your character, you know what they would say, what they would do. And especially when it's a comedy, it's it's easy for me to just jump right on board with that. uh, Sure, sure. And it's quite funny. (laughs) Well, I'll be curious to see that, actually, too. Because like I said, I always think it's neat, like, when an actor goes, well, I call it avant-garde, which isn't exactly the right term. Like, when Denzel Washington did American... um, that's American Gangster, I believe it was. Because, you know, he's the traditional good guy. He's the John Q guy. He's always a really nice guy. And all of a sudden, here he is, this really nasty, mean character. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, he's as good as this as he is at what he regularly does. So that's usually a testament to that actor or actress that you can do that. That's awesome. Not that I know <laughs> that because there's nothing Victoria can't do, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs> now we're going to expand out a little bit farther, and I want to talk about, I didn't realize that you had written back in 2015 the documentary, Gaberhood. Um, so, yes, mm-hmm. she has written. Talk to me about this production and writing a, a movie, uh, I don't, or and in particular a documentary, which is a little different than doing a regular movie. Talk about the challenges of doing a documentary. Give us a little summation of uh, – Gaberhood. And can we find it anywhere? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, Gaberhood is my friend Tony's production. And uh, we okay. worked on it together. Um, he did, he, it was his, his focus um, was on this documentary because it's like you never, there's, there's different angles you can have on every documentary. And this one was more focused sure. on, you know, like perspectives and what people think and, and you know, like the true meaning, like, what does it mean to be, you know, to be gay and all, you know, so it had a whole different uh, twist of a meaning behind it. And once it was done shooting, he's like, okay, I need your help. I need you to edit. And because <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I graduated with an RCF communications background, I could do everything behind mm-hmm. scenes as well as on front of the right. camera. So sure. I edited for him and okay. we, we put it together and created it. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Very, very nice. Yeah. Um, and so now is this a production that we could find like uh, on YouTube or did you produce it and put it anywhere? Is there a copy yeah. where we can find it, watch it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. Um, and okay. you would have Tony, Tony Angelo, if you type in okay. his name, it will pop up under his stuff. And he's also he's, uh, starting his own TV uh, station that he's putting all of his his films nice. and whatnot on there. Yeah, so a lot of the things I've done were for him as well, so you'll see a lot of my stuff up there, you know, awesome. acting-wise as well. <laughs> okay, cool. Yeah, because, yeah. of course, obviously, a lot of times when people hear about films and things like that, we never know where to look for them. But now we live in this technologically advanced age, and, and you know, I'm not very technologically yeah. advanced, but, you know, nowadays you can watch, like, just about anything. I mean, literally, and the video store mm-hmm. days are gone, and it's, like, everything's online, et cetera. I mean, in some ways, good, some ways, not so good. I don't know. We'll see. But I just found that intriguing. I'm like, that's awesome that she was part of that production. Um, another thing you do, which is modeling. Now, I have this really cool modeling question because I have modeled myself. So this is what I want to know. Please, for the love of God, because you are a taller girl, tell me something. Why in God's name are you so much more popular because you're tall and I'm short? Because I see this all the time. <laughs> Must be at least as tall. And I'm like, what the hell does she have at 5'12 or 5'10 or whatever that I don't? Mm-hmm. So can you explain that to me? Because I don't get it. Um, I think mostly for models, um, when they need tall people, they need people with, with long legs. For some reason, uh, with models, if you have long legs, You've got it made. Um, it, it's, I, I don't know the image of a model. She's supposed to have long legs. I don't know why. <laughs> so when you're tall, most of the, you know, most tall women, they're all legs. Um, okay. And so that's easy for them to work with, I guess. <laughs> Understandable. Now tell me something, mm-hmm. because your schedule is so nutsy busy with the acting side of things, I would surmise that modeling is something that's kind of on the back burner for you. Or do you still get a time, do you have adequate time to be able to participate and shoot often enough? Not many of my modeling. I, I did a runway uh, a couple of months ago, but that was mostly like, you know, the, the most I've done with modeling so far. I mean, a lot of my modeling also does with uh, music videos. I mm-hmm. usually do a lot of that for music videos as well. So I would say mostly, I do mostly acting, but my modeling will come in handy if they need it for right. an acting gig or uh, for music videos. So. Sure, <laughs> I gotcha. 
Now, from mm-hmm. the acting side of things, has there been something so far that you haven't tried as of yet that you want to try? Meaning like, okay, I did this type of role, but now I want to try this, or maybe some sort of production, or, or delve into something you've never done before? Is there anything else yes, besides you know, the lead? Well, okay. I definitely want to have my own comedy sitcom. Um, I definitely okay. want to have that. That's a, that's a main target of mine is uh, my own sitcom. Um, that, okay. you know, I've actually written a few web series pieces that I haven't shot yet. I'm still in the writing process set up my comedy, like what I could okay. do in different characters. So it would show other people what my comedy is like. And it, it's, it's really, it's in the starting process. I'm just trying to get people on board for the project and then, you know, take it from there. Another thing that sure. I really want to focus on is I am certified in unarmed fighting. And so, okay. therefore, I can fight without weapons and not hurt people on okay. set. And I would like to be in my own action film and do my own stunts. So that oh is my, my main objective. I, I want to jump Look off buildings. You. I want to, you know, I want to do it all. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen to this. There's, like, not enough 24 hours. 24 hours is not enough for Victoria Stevens. Thank you. She has lots no. and lots of goals here, apparently. <laughs> Uh, but that's not yeah. a bad thing. You know what? Better to be an overachiever than an underachiever, I say. So that's absolutely awesome because, you know, you're doing the modeling yeah. component of things. You're the actress. You've got the dancing thing going on. You've written before, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about, which I didn't realize until I really dug into you, that you had done such an extensive amount of actual theater work. Um, and one of the things that stood out to me is that you had done the production blend Gary Glenn Ross, which is one of my personal favorites. So, mm-hmm. um this is one I want to know about your theater experience. Some people talk about how they have a love for film and then that's their love. And then some people, of course, equally or mutually will do theater or plays and, you know, web series, mm-hmm. TV series, that sort of good stuff. Is theater something that it, once again, is that more of a main backdrop for you? Cause I can picture you actually being on a theater stage more often than the big screen, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. Um, I started in theater. Um, so I definitely love, so the, the two different, um, I guess the two different things about film and then theater. Film, you have okay. to wait to hear the audience's approval. Where theater, right. you already feel the audience. They're already in the room. They already connected to different, uh, you know, uh, jokes that you did, or they could feel, like, you could feel their energy. And so you right. share that energy with your audience. And that's what the big thing about theater is, is people love that energy that they feel with the audience and it motivates them to do bigger and better and keep them going. Um, yeah, I had, I had a thought about going on Broadway, but I, even though I can sing, I can't sing as much as some Broadway people can. Um, so uh-huh. I would have to go and use my dancing to get on there. But um, sure. the hardest thing for my theater is it takes a lot of more time than film. Like I could do about three projects of films and the equivalent of practicing and rehearsing for a theater production and having it go on and then it ends. You know, so therefore... Because of timing, I want to try and keep my acting as as fluently, keep on moving along as it can. So that's why I do a lot more of film and TV than I do with my theater. Sure. Ah, now that makes perfect sense. I totally get that. Okay. Yeah, because I saw the mm-hmm. theater thing and I thought to myself, yeah, that that theater can be an experience with a much smaller audience and the reaction and the things you're talking about can be hugely beneficial for any actor. And I've said that a hundred times before, of course. Um but since she is an actress, we probably should talk about her big bulk of work when it comes to film and television, because that's what I'm excited about. But um, first of all, mm-hmm. I want to say congratulations, because I saw recently that you won for Best Local Film for that new project at the Liberty Massacre Horror Short Film Festival. Um, yes. So we should talk about Vermilion, which is the one that freaked my child out and probably gave him nightmares for life. <laughs> um, so, yeah, about that, um, yeah, tell, of course, obviously nobody knows about film, and we know that you one of that, that's one of your more recent projects. So um, why yeah. do you think you won? What What is unique about this particular horror project that made you want to sign on to the production? And then, of course, obviously, what do you think that main seasoning in that makes it Makes it a winner, obviously, because it's best local film. Well, definitely. Like, okay, Vermillion's base of vampires that run a hair salon is the premise oh. of the of the of the movie. And so, okay. the reason why we're doing a hair salon is because we drug people and suck their blood out while they're getting their hair done, quote unquote. Okay. Uh, but they don't. But they don't know it because they've already been drugged or whatever. So when they leave, they're like, "Oh, my hair is great, but I feel weak. You know, what am I doing?" Um, so therefore, that's the whole premise behind the film. Um, okay. And 
I think what attracts people about this film is because it is a horror film, but it brings a lot of comedy into the horror film. Um, okay. My character in itself is more the comedic uh, atmosphere in the film. And so okay. where they weren't sure, I actually wasn't supposed to be in that role. That was my friend who was supposed to be there, and she couldn't do it because of her day job. So she said, why don't you still let Victoria take a hold of that? And so I stepped into the role like the day before we were supposed to shoot, and, and they okay. were shocked at what I brought to the role. So <laughs> they were like, oh, we got to keep all of this. Um, and I, I just I played it really creepy. So I'm a very creepy <laughs> vampire who is very hilarious all at the same time. <laughs> oh, that is so funny. And I love that. I love a person who can put together a horror film that's got some kind of spin like that on there. It's not the traditional slasher slash gore and this, that, and yes. this thing. And it is gross looking, like I said. But, you know, I mean, he's nine <laughs> years old. I get that. But that's awesome, though. Absolutely awesome. Um, so it's doing the circuit right now, which means, is, do you think it might get penciled for distribution or we don't know yet or too early to we're, tell? We're actually really hoping. I mean, it first went international. That was where okay. the, the production was supposed to go. So it's okay. already been throughout Europe. Um, so at this point, it's coming back to the States, and we're hoping that he could still keep on pushing it and get it, you know, to New York and L.A. Um, right, But, yeah, right. so we, could, we don't have the rights to it yet until it's done internationally. So That's he's, he's awesome. doing, you know, and, and this is only the short. We have the feature that we're going to be shooting soon. So that was just a short to, to give them a preview of what the feature is going to feel like. Very nice. I like that. That's absolutely <laughs> awesome. Terrific. Okay. Now, we want to talk about some of the TV things, and you started talking about it. Of course, you did the Glee thing. You've done Law & Order SVU. I know that back in 2012. Um, I noticed mm-hmm. in 2015 you had done eight episodes of On the Beat, your Officer Kelly on the television um, series On the Beat. How did we get yeah. that? Because eight episodes is nice, very, very nice. Um, nice. Talk to me about that experience, please. Yes, On the Beat is one of those TV pilots that's independent that I'm hoping and praying that it gets picked up. Um, it okay. is two undercover cops and what they experience on the beat. Like, and it's basically okay. like it's a whole comedy show, whole comedy, and it's so much fun to to play. And about again, um, the director allows me to do a lot of improv, so she has the okay. script, but I can I can take my take my character off of it. And things that she didn't think, you know, didn't think about totally came up. And it, it was just, it really flowed very well. Um, there's one episode that I got to, to play a man. So that was, that was quite interesting. Um, oh, I bet. And, uh, <laughs> it was so much fun. Everyone said I looked like a newsboy. So I was like, okay, I like. <laughs> oh, my but, God, um, that is too funny. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Look at that. I, mean, I, went, I went all out. I said, okay, how do I walk? You know, I had a guy try to teach me right. how to walk and talk, and it was really fun. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Now, that brings – that just throws a question right in my head there. And, again, this is more so for the benefit of the, the kids out there that are listening that are wanting to get into acting or even the thought of acting, let's say. Because you mentioned it was more of an independent-type project um, and you ended up getting connected with this, tell me, or rather tell our listening audience – any quick tips of the trade in terms of how do you come across these sorts of opportunities? What do they need to be diligent about doing to try to get maybe ahead of the game to get themselves in the game? You know what I'm saying? Right. Uh, well, on the beat was very different because the director actually came to me and I, an offer oh, the role. Okay. I didn't have to audition. But okay. to, to get these type of projects, um, I go on sites. Uh, there's different acting sites like Actors Access, Casting Networks, Backstage.com, Film.org. All these different sites are out there. Those are like the four legitimate ones. Um, you have NY Castings as well, which is New York Castings. And they have these projects that come in every day. And I go before 12 noon, because most of the time after 12 noon, they've seen so many people already. Before 12 noon, right. I submit myself like to like 50 projects a day. Now, again, gotcha. you have to hear from it. All 50. You're going to hear from maybe one or two. But exactly. you never know who's watching what, who's seeing what on the other side. If you don't hear from somebody, it doesn't mean they're not going to call you for a future project. Um, so, therefore, I keep on putting myself out there because there's, sometimes when I met Cassie, people are like, I don't know you, but I know you because you keep sending me your headshots. You never right. know. But now they know me because I sent them so many times my headshots. Um, you know, and then they met me, and then they know what I'm all about. So I would right. keep going, you know, and also, you know, as the inventor are always the golden thing to do. 
because all these classics, like these directors and producers and whatnot, are going to these networking events. If you have your business card and you're handing them out, they're bound to meet you one, you know, not maybe not now, but maybe in the future. You never well, know. Right. That's just it. And every opportunity is an opportunity, I guess, in our opinion, no matter little, big, whatever have you. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with you there. Awesome. Okay. Now let's flip over to the film side and talk a, a bit. Uh, you know, she's been a zombie. She has been um, pretty horrific things. I could run down the list of all the naughty people that you've played before, but frankly, you scare mm-hmm. me. Um, Nightmare okay. Next Door, Amish Haunting, Black Days. You're getting a trend here, right, kids? Um, mm-hmm. 2015, you did a little film called Cattle, and I know that because I reviewed that film, actually saw it. Um, you were a dead person in that, if I, if memory serves me correctly. Mm-hmm. You were an actual stabbing victim, if I'm not mistaken there. Um, yeah. And, of course, obviously, at 2016, brought Wiccan's Tale, or excuse me, Wiccan's Toll, excuse me, um, she did this little film called Kill Club where she played the role of Katie. It scared the hell out of me. Um, I don't like her because she's kind of mean. She looks like really mean, like don't mess. Well, this is in her radio. <laughs> don't fuck with Katie. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Um, by our mutual friend, Morris Paramore, who I actually met at the Brightside Tavern Film Festival. And I didn't even realize he had shot the Kill Club. And so I introduced myself to him, and I said, hey, I'd like to review your film. And what do you know? There's little Victoria Stevens, who I had known before <laughs> I saw the film. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's Victoria. This is so exciting. So I have to tell you that Mr. Morris and I have had conversations, and I'm trying very, very hard if we can pinpoint each other to an actual time where we can actually speak to each other and see each other again in person. I'm doing this little mm-hmm. calendar shoot, and I would like the Kill Club to be in it, which should mean that you'd be in my calendar with me. With your that would be so awesome. <laughs> I know, right? Wouldn't that be absolutely awesome? Um, Listen, Morris Paramore, get your stuff together. That dude is so yes. busy. I mean, and I'm thrilled for him because he just had an anniversary, I see, for his production company. Awesome. Way to go, Morris. And we love you dearly. Um, but I'm trying to track him down because I'm like, you know, well, you know, again, in New York City, imagine doing 12 months with 12 different casts. 12 different movies. This is what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to track all you people wow. to get to one place at one time, as you know, is not very easy. Um, and I don't want to give right. away the premise. Um, so tell the audience whatever you want to tell them about Kill Club, because what I find unusual about Kill Club is it's creepy, but it's not stalker, saw, I'm going to cut you in half, horror. You know what I mean? It's, it's right. recent, you know, for today's standards instead of the gore factor. So give it to them. Tell us about Katie and the Kill Club. Yeah, the Kill Club is basically about this couple who is, okay, most of you probably don't know social Darwinism, but it's basically survival mm-hmm. of the fittest. You'll learn that in school. Right. Anyway, um, right. so it's based on these two uh, people who kidnap people and put them in this sort of game to see who can survive the most and who's willing to kill to survive. Mm-hmm. And so yep. my character is a babysitter in it, and I have a little girl that I'm babysitting, and they kidnap right. us while we're going to the food store. And then I find myself in this game, and I have to try and find the little girl that I was, you know, that I'm babysitting, plus myself, and trying to get us both out alive. That is the premise of the whole story. <laughs> nice. And we won't tell you what happens with Katie, and we won't tell you what she does, because, of course, it'll give away the entire thing. Um, had you had exactly. known Morris, or did you and Morris have a relationship prior to this, or did you have to audition or cast for this, or how did this all come about? I auditioned, um, definitely auditioned for this one, and he loves my character. Now, we started shooting this about a year and a half ago. Um, oh, or, wow. Or Maurice, and yeah, <laughs> and it, it was intense because I had to remember, if you look really, really closely when you see the film, you'll see a little bit of um, you know, continuity problems. <laughs> ah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, if you look really closely, you'll find continuity problems. But, yeah, so it was really funny because I was like, okay, we're going to finish this now. So it took about two years to actually get the whole entire film made. Um, so it wow. was really fun. And, it, yeah, it was crazy. We started half of the scenes were, you know, a year, and then we finished it in the next year. So, nice. Very, very you know, nice. And that, that's, gotcha. how you, that's how you know that you got your character down, when you can actually go right back into her, and you're like, all right, I got her. You know, um, well, right. Well, that's too. exactly yeah. it. And she's and she is <laughs> truly believable. When uh, when she, when I was watching on screen, one of the things that again stood out not only was the intensity factor because she's quite intense in this movie, but 
the timing and the way that she fits in from scene to scene to scene and all that good stuff. And, and she just, she's just badass. I mean, that was the one word that came to mind. I didn't put that in the review, but I wanted to, I was going to be like, yeah, she's just one badass babysitter. That's exactly <laughs> what came right to my mind. And it was a good, it was very good, very fitting role for you. And again, I, I gotta say, I saw the movie and it's creeper. I don't even know how you didn't get all freaked out from scene to scene. It's it's kind of nasty in that, in that movie. I'm like, I don't know yeah. how you don't get creeped out in that basement or in that, you know, some of those scenes, it's, like, kind of gross. I'm just saying. It was, it was intense. Most of that film was shot in the basement of a mansion. So, oh, my God. Really, I didn't realize yeah. that. Wow. Yep. Look in the that. basement of a and, mansion. So it was really dark awful. and creepy. You don't know if there's rats in there. You don't have idea. Oh, my yeah. God. I imagine so. And not to mention the fact, of course, I've always wanted to ask this to somebody. So, like, the director, for a fact, does he ever, like, scare the hell out of you on purpose? I know that sounds wacky, but, like, you know what I mean? To get the full effect of, <gasps> you know what I mean? Do they ever do that kind of stuff? Right. Like, they force freak you out? Um, not, I haven't had it happen to me yet. Again, it's, it's pretty hard to make me freak out. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I'm pretty I much, you know, always going to be on edge when needed. Um, so, yeah, sure. but I haven't had that happen yet. Um, ah, you know, okay. I let my brain, I, I let my brain go and, and let it play games with me, you know, cause then that shows the character type. I let my brain do okay. things. It, it, it can, you know, your brain can creep you out even when you didn't want it to creep you out. So. Oh, I know. <laughs> right. I mean, it is. And folks, just mm-hmm. so you know this because we both know Morris. If you ever met him, you probably wouldn't even guess that he would do horror by trade because he's just so mild mannered quiet Mm -hmm. the first time I met him professional and very respectful and I'm just like oh my god if only people knew what he did for a living you wouldn't even believe it because I'm like I totally would have never guessed he did something like that it's just too funny (laughs) um and I know recently you attended Hoboken Film Festival and um obviously I assume that the Kill Club was there right and that's what you were there for you got to meet Mm -hmm. Karate Kid dude I'm so jealous I know (laughs) so jealous what is he like dude I mean seriously Martin Cove is a bomb yeah, he was really, he was really, like, if you were all in the whole networking event area, you know, where the drinks are and stuff, but he was sure. really just chill. He was like, sure, let's take a picture, you know? <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, yes. You know, so, and of course, I, seeing celebrities now doesn't phase me because I've seen so many and worked with so many. Sure. So, sure. it doesn't phase me anymore. I'm like, oh, you're just another person. That's cool, let's take a picture, you know? Because <laughs> sooner or later, I once you're in the factory business and you start, networking and, and, you know, acting with certain people, they become your friends after a while. They don't become celebrities. Oh, of course. You know, they're co exactly. <laughs> No, so no, no. I, really I totally fun. get it. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Now, before I ask you about your other new project, I want to throw this out there because I never get to ask. I, I don't think I've ever asked an actor this before. I'm curious. So talk about a time that you were on on set where absolutely everything went wrong, meaning that you've had the day from hell, so to speak. And how does that affect a production? Or has that never happened to you where it's always just been smooth sailing? Because I find that hard to believe. But I could be wrong. No. <laughs> no, well, actually, there was, um, believe it or not, it just happened recently. The project I came back home for from L.A. that I was doing up in New York, um, that was actually a project that didn't look like it was ever going to, you know, see the light of day because okay. a couple of the actors, we were all supposed to meet up in a Starbucks, and we were all at different Starbuckses. I don't know how the heck we did that. So <laughs> we're trying to wind it through all the actors together and kind of find everybody. And so the time's ticking. I'm like, I thought we were going to shoot at 10 o'clock. So needless to say, we finally got everything, and, and then it started pouring, and the shoot we were supposed to do was supposed to be outside. And so okay. we're like, oh, well, we can't shoot outside with all the equipment because then it will be rained upon. So then we were waiting, like waiting it out to see if it would stop raining, which it didn't. So then we had sure. to change plans in order to shoot the entire thing inside in his studio. But then we had to oh even have the idea to shoot it in his studio. So then we had to look at the whole studio and see where, where we could shoot different scenes and, and what right. would look different. Um, and so, we, we, you know, that was tough, and um, people's schedules, you know, were, were crunching time because it was like, we finally started around, like, 1 o'clock, and we also started at 9, you know, so okay. it was like this was a, a couple of hours holding, you know. Um, so sure. it, was, it, was a, it was a push and shove, you know, you had, you had you know, the good thing is, a lot of, all the people on set were very professional, so we could really mm-hmm. look at each other and get the scenes together. Um, sure. You know, sometimes you're on set and you cannot listen with the other person. You try your hardest and you just like, 
we don't get enough energy from the other person, you know, to get it going. Especially right. with love scenes. So that's a whole different scenario in itself. <laughs> um, but with this character, since I was, I knew coming in what I wanted to show. So I could jump okay. into the character right away when needed, you know. But uh, sure. it, was, it wasn't looking, I mean, we were traveling all over the place in New York trying to find people, which is hilarious. I mean, there were some parts where I just stopped and there was, like, geese on the ground. I was like, oh, I'm just going to feed the geese. You know, I'm just sitting there talking to geese. No, 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 like, I get it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Well, see, look at that. It happens on, on movie sets as well as everything, radio, you name it. It's oh, just people yeah. usually talk about that, like, oh, you know, you, you think you, you watch a movie and you're like, oh, that must have been so fun on set. And then sometimes actors are like, you don't know the hell, the 15 hours of waiting to shoot one scene and then this and then that. So yeah. it's kind of like I, I give you guys huge props because you must have serious passion if you were willing to wait around and inconvenience your life and your schedule just to get that one shot or that one moment. That's absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. I do. I find that, that incredible. Was good, that was good with jet lag on top of that. <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. Not all of you guys are in one central location. So, no, I kudos yeah. to you on that. Now, the last thing that I want to brace, which is your new project coming up, which is photo shooting. You have a lead that's coming up in this particular production. So I want to make sure we talk about that, and when can we expect to see something like that coming out? Okay, well, photo shooting is the project that we were just doing, that we were just talking about, okay. which is good. Um, and that oh, yeah. is, we're, we're shoot, we had a couple of days lined up to shoot there. Um, he has, he, the director used to work for Lionsgate. So he has a lot of okay. connections. Um, it's definitely a comedy, and so okay. we're we're going to shop it around uh, to nice. a couple of networks, and it it has a really good potential because it um it basically shows the the unorganizing mess behind the scenes kind of feel. Um, so it, oh. it, it it's like a set on a set kind of feel because <laughs> you're showing oh my God, cool. what could, yeah what possibly could happen that's bad does happen. Um, and okay. I, of course, play a diva, which is hilarious, because um, <laughs> I'm totally not one, so I'm playing opposite of what I really am. And sure. it was just so funny because, you know, to, to overemphasize, and I'm a model in this one, too, believe it or not, talk about modeling. I'm a model who's oh a gosh. diva on the, in this okay. uh, series. So, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Oh, my God. How funny is that? Okay, so you guys are, of course, yeah. shopping it around, and, and our hope yeah. is that sometime this year it would be picked up, et cetera, or whatever the case may be, or we don't know yet. Still waiting. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's going to start leaking it, quote-unquote, um, through okay. a couple of uh, sites that, you know, he has. So to see what – because he, he's really sh- – because his, his company is leaking it, you know, to different other companies and see if right. they're going to get on board. So it's like oh, nice. we want those companies to come on board, they come on board, they come on board, and then it gets even bigger and bigger. So it's sure. a whole – I mean, he, the director, I, I, I definitely can trust him with this one. Like he has a lot – like behind the scenes, he's already thought about a lot of things, you know. And so it's, it's good to have somebody who knows what they're doing so that I don't have to worry about doing his job as well as mine, um, which is really uh, nice. Yeah. Exactly. No, <laughs> I, I totally get it. I do. I totally do. Well, look at that. We have made it through an entire hour. Holy man, did that go quicker than just me? It, you know what I mean? I get on this, these shows and I'm like, oh my God, it's like an hour already? Because, you know, you're, it's like you're just talking, which is like I think the coolest part of yeah. doing this this format, you know, the radio format. Like tomorrow I'm coming to New York and I'll be doing a live interview. And that's so much more different. You know, I have to look pretty and then mm-hmm. you have to like have all the right questions. And I'm in my pajamas right now. I'm literally in my living room in pajamas talking <laughs> to the Victoria Stevens. So it's like, this is so awesome. Absolutely awesome. Now, before I forget, I have a couple business things here before I let you get back to the rest of your day. And before, oh yeah, before I forget, so are you a ta- are you out and about? Will you be at the festival? Can I run into your pretty face again? Because I am coming for uh, Golden Door. I wasn't sure if you're going to participate in Golden Door or not. I am going to try and get there. Yes, I'm working on okay, a couple okay. of scheduling conflicts, but yeah, I'm going to try and get oh, over there. Okay, good. Yeah, because yeah. I definitely have to attend. Bill and I have to do a photo shoot there, and um, I'm going to be screening some films, and it would be nice to see you while you were um, yeah. in the film. Do we know if Chill Club is in the film yet? I mean, in the festival yet? Because I didn't hear. I'm not sure. I think I have to okay. track him down to see what he's what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. I kind of figured as much. That's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> now, before I forget, because she is a working actress, we all know that she has an IMDb page. So, of course, go to IMDb to take a look at her. Obviously, I've prefaced her Facebook a million times over, so definitely check her out mm-hmm. on Facebook. I also came across – now, 
is the website something that I should be referencing, or have we not updated that? I just want to give out current information, or is that someplace that folks cannot go to? Is it not updated, or what's the status there? I, I'm updating the website again because um, I just updated my real wallets in California. Um, okay, so got it. I'm re-updating the images on there. Like a lot of the stuff is really updated, but the video itself has to be re-updated. Re okay, my brand gotcha. new All right. <laughs> okay, that's what I thought because, of course, she has her Victoria Stevens um, on the Wix.com where she has her website. But like mm -hmm. I said, I didn't want her necessarily reference it if it wasn't completely up to date and all that good jazz. So we didn't necessarily want to talk about that. So before I forget, the last thing that we do on this show, because you've never been on here, is I get to take some time to tell you what I think of you, Victoria Stevens. And mm -hmm. um, I will make sure that once we get finished, uh, just to let everybody know, our episode today is archived, which means you can go back and listen all year round to myself and Victoria. becomes an archived episode for everybody to listen to. Certainly, of course, I'll keep fans and followers advised, just like I will with you, Victoria. Hopefully, if Morris mm -hmm. and I can get it together, you'll be in the shoot with me, in which case then you'll see the actual written review. It'll have links for everybody, yeah. including the movie, and then, of course, obviously, of course, pictures of all of us together, hopefully in a place that kind of correlates to the film itself, and then everybody will get a chance to find out about the Kill Club because it'll be in a calendar. Um, so that's the hope is to support independent film through this entire calendar. So knock on wood that Morris gets it together. So nag at him if you would, please. I'd appreciate it. <laughs> No so here goes. <laughs> These are my thoughts of Victoria Stevens. I have to tell you that one of the things that stands out most to me about you is that your smile hides a hundred things. It hides the uh, one side of you that's a very haunting, very intensified actor. It hides the side of you that I have seen where I have noticed the picture of yourself and your son, and I thought to myself, this is truly where you can see her heart resonates more so than anywhere else. She has another side to her that's very comical, very playful, and that very funny side where I can see hopefully will eventually come out one day in front on a stage or improv or whatever have you, or hopefully on the big screen, we would like to think. You have done a number of miraculous things, but one of the things that I find so profoundly interesting and moving about you is the fact that you are so supportive of your colleagues, other individuals, and of other projects as well. Um, in this day and age and in our industry, not everybody is so welcoming and forthcoming about literally saying, I support this person, I support what they do and how they do it and in the manner in which they do it. And I think that that's a very, very, very big thing to be proud of. You're an absolutely lovely person. You have a wonderful heart and a great personality. And I'm very proud to know you. And I'm even prouder to be able to say that I have witnessed and I've watched your work. I've been able to write about it. And I got to experience the Victoria Stevens in one of the best capacity she works in, which is she acts, but she loves what she does and she puts all of her. She's got the me factor to her. So I'm just very impressed and so happy that I got you on my show. I'm so happy that I know you. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just a privilege. That's all thank I can you. say. You're quite welcome. Aww, thank you. <laughs> I'm just so glad we finally got this done. We've been talking about doing this interview yeah. for like forever and I've been on a hiatus forever <laughs> and now, you know, things are finally starting to come together. And in eight years, then you'll be able to interview or I can interview you in person because I'll be living there in New York City. So, but then you'll probably be in LA and it won't, well, we'll see. <laughs> we'll just see I, how I it goes. back and forth, so we're good. <laughs> yes, yeah, we'll definitely make sure we can do that. Yes, so definitely, definitely. I'll make sure that um, um, I'll keep nagging Morris. Please do the same, definitely, and keep me posted on the whole um thing because it would be nice to see you at Golden Door. I'd love to get caught up. Sounds wonderful. Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, you're free to go. I'm going to let our little listening audience know how to find you one more time, wrap it up, and um, hopefully I'll get a chance to see you in the near future, my dear. I'll be in New York popping around Sounds this weekend. Wonderful. I'm just not sure where yet. All right, dear. Good luck. I'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much. Bye. Sure. Bye-bye. Tell me that she was an absolutely lovely little Victoria Stevens. Once again, I want to remind everybody, of course, as a working actor, she has an IMDb profile. She has a personal page on Facebook. And as she had mentioned, I want to say, Victoria, if you look online and type in Vicki Stevens actress, you will come across her actual Wix um, website. But give her a little while because she's got to update things, put the reel on, all the good jazz and stuff. Um, Kettle, of course, as well as the Kill Club are both independent productions that I have both reviewed and seen and also had the privilege of uh, working with the directors in terms of getting this production together for the calendar. So hopefully with any luck at all, if you get my calendar, at least one of these productions will be in there. Huge thank you once again to Victoria Stevens for coming on the show today. Even bigger thank you to my wonderful intern, Tori, who has been instrumental in not only organizing this, but many other interviews and organizing me. So thank you so very much. Um, I want to say that we're going to have an interview tomorrow, but my guess is probably not. I'm going to be just setting off to New York City for the weekend where I'll be interviewing live 
the cast of The Brooklyn Beggar. Very, very excited about that. Curious to see what that movie is going to be like. I'm also going to have new information for you uh, next week about upcoming shows and the new platform, as it was mentioned on um, the website, also on my Facebook page. As of today, these were my two interviews where I was putting online for people to be able to get a sense of what I do, who I interview on my writing style. As of next week, my very first interview, which is August 9th, will be with Georgia Durante, and that's at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. As of the 9th, from now on, I will be posting up the new format, meaning I will no longer be on Blog Talk Radio, but another format. You will need to be subscribing to either one, if not both, of the shows to be able to gain access. Sun Spotlight, of course, is my biker relative show, which is all things biker as well as cast of Sons of Anarchy. My main show, the one you're listening to now since Chat Corner, is just basically a hodgepodge of everybody. Actors, producers, directors, musicians, artists, reality TV, celebrities. Michael Madsen, if you're listening, yes, that would include you because we all know in my head he's already been on the show. Um, So, long story short... Obviously, we're playing catch-up. Eight months of being off wasn't coincidental. Obviously, I need to get my life back in order after having months and months and months and months of sick children and all sorts of circumstances. So one-year subscription will be $15 per show, which means $30 covers you for an entire year. After said point in time, we might very well switch to another format. But for right now, we'll do this. It's $15 a month. That's $1.50 a month if I had right, maybe a little bit less. So I'll definitely be posting up the new way to subscribe, the new format, um, same show, just better guess, of course. And wait for next week because we will have a major announcement as to the big name that's going to be coming on, and that's an A-lister or, well, at least in my mind, an A-lister, perhaps in your mind, a B-lister, and we'll let you know. Again, huge thanks to everybody who's listening, Victoria Stevens, also to Courtney Rashawn, also to Wes Levy, PR. You guys have yourself a great weekend if I don't talk to you, and we will see you next week on the airwaves.